Liberty's leave policy was tremendous. Having the ability to take 16 weeks off, fully paid to bond with my child was an incredible experience. At Liberty Mutual, you can find a career that supports you at every step, even baby steps. We offer up to 16 weeks parental leave for new moms and dads. And because not everyone's pathway to parenthood looks the same, we offer robust fertility, surrogacy, and adoption benefits too. Learn more at LibertyMutualCareers.com and pursue your tomorrow today. What should protesters do? Well, we've we got to stay on the street. Uh, and we've got to get more active. We've got to get more confrontational. Sean Rima, 9 till 11. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Ah, happy stinking Monday. News Talk 550 KTSA, FM 1071. I'm Sean. It's Monday and I hate everything. That was the voice of uh, Maxine Waters, who flew from D.C. to uh, Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, over the weekend. Uh, she wanted to be there because, uh, as we mentioned earlier on Where in Rima today, are the closing arguments in the Derek Chauvin trial, and uh, she was in Brooklyn Center, as you just heard, uh, saying that uh, you know we need a guilty verdict. We want a guilt. We, we we want we want a guilty verdict. And uh, if that doesn't happen, uh, quote: We cannot go away. We need to be more confrontational. We need to stay in the streets. Blah blah, stinking blah. Uh, some folks are calling for her uh, removal from Congress, which I think would be a good idea because first off, she was breaking the law. She was there past curfew. Secondly, she's a U.S. congressman, Congress puke, calling for a certain verdict in a trial that is ongoing, which uh, I think is creepy and stupid and weird. And uh, one could say she is inciting violence, that if we don't get the verdict we want, we need to stay in the streets and get more confrontational. Uh, as Trey mentioned, a couple of National Guardsmen were, were fired upon later on. Uh, you know, th- this is madness. Uh, and I don't really know when it comes to the Chauvin trial because I, I just I have not followed it as as closely as other people have. I really haven't because there's a lot of uh, a lot of it. I think uh, that uh, it's just not going to matter. I mean, uh, there's reasonable doubt all over the place in that case. There is Derek Chauvin is wrapped in reasonable doubt, and it doesn't matter because they want a certain the the, the crowd, the mob has already decided the verdict they want. That's how these things go. One of the defense witnesses uh, had his, uh, his, his home smeared with pig's blood, and a severed pig's head was, was left on his, uh, on his, uh, on, at the front of his house. So I don't, I, the thing is, I don't know if someone like Maxine Waters really wants a guilty verdict or if she wants a not guilty verdict uh, because a not guilty verdict provides people like her with the opportunity to be a part of this great movement that will take to the streets and start fires. Because And you know this as well as I do, that if he doesn't come back, if they don't come back with a guilty verdict all the way, you know, murder one or whatever you want to call it, that there's going to be violence in the streets. I'm not instigating anything. I'm just being observant. They're already in the streets. <laughs> you know, they're already in the streets. They're already attacking cops. Uh, they at Brooklyn Center they spray painted across the concrete barricade, uh, "Death to America." And I think ultimately for a lot of folks on the left who would prefer a fascist state over what we currently have right now, that's what they want. They want this country to die. They want this country to burn so they can rebuild it in, in their own image. <laughs> or so they can rebuild it, uh, you know. First off, if uh, the, a, non, a not guilty or an acquittal or anything less than murder one comes down the uh, pike and uh, uh, in the Derek Chauvin case, uh, you know, th- there's there's going to be some hell to pay, and, the, and that's uh, they'll have every excuse, uh, if you will, to do whatever they want to do. And I, I think Maxine Waters is a part of that, and I think uh, to a certain extent the left want that. They want, to a certain extent, urban violence. 
uh, in the country right now. Uh, so maybe they want an acquittal so they can have the excuse to do whatever the hell they want to do. <coughs> Excuse me. And then, of course, if uh, they don't get the verdict they want and things go nuts in the streets, what do you do then? Well, you roll out the, the National Guard into these into these cities. And then you take total control. I don't know. I, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm uh, just letting the worst possible scenarios play out in my brain. But these are, these, this is the era when worst case scenarios is really not that far off and not that shocking. And I'm not trying to be a bummer on a Monday because I hate Mondays. Which I do, and I don't even know why. It's not like I got a difficult job. <laughs> you know. My job is to sit here on my ass in my pajamas and run my mouth. So, you know, it's not like I have any reason to hate Mondays. I just always have. But I'm not trying, again, I'm not trying to be a bummer intentionally. I just, uh, we're at a very dicey place right now in this country. And to a certain extent, a lot of stuff hangs in the balance. And, uh, I, I don't know where it's gonna go. I mean, it's really, it, it's, it's weird to be a talk show host and I got my noggin in the news every single stinking day of my life for the most part. And I follow stuff and I, I, you know, I try to make up my, my mind on things and to come up with my opinions on things, figure out why I think what I think and blah, blah, blah. But there, these times are almost impossible to predict. Uh, and I, you know, I've been doing uh, radio for over 30 years now and I've never experienced a time on the air like this when I, I it's really impossible to say what's going to happen. Uh, you know, because, uh, things are very, very tense and you got one side of things intentionally trying to tank stuff, whether you talk about opening up the border, uh, all this race stuff. And we'll talk about a theology professor from Mercer later on who wrote a prayer to God asking God to give her strength to hate white people more. I've never seen such outright racist racism in my life. I mean, it's, it's just outright with all this anti-white stuff. Uh, and, the, 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 you know, the, the folks who are putting this crap out there do not in any way, shape, or form even see themselves as hypocrites. Because it's really not about social justice. This is social revenge. And I don't know where it's going, and I don't know what's going to happen, but we'll (laughs) – you ever feel like – I said this last week, I think, like, in America right now, I feel like I'm getting on a roller coaster that I really don't – I've never ridden before, and I really don't know what's going to happen. You ever have that feeling when you first get on a roller coaster? You get that big old new one, uh, I think it's SeaWorld, Chris, right? I'd like to ride. I love roller coasters. But, you know, when you first get on a roller coaster, you've never ridden before, and you're going up that first hill, junka, 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 junka. That's how I feel like right now in regards to the to the entire country. And I just have no idea where this is going. And a lot of it is, is hard, if not impossible, to predict. Because we don't know. Now, Trey put out the idea on Where at Rima from 7 to 9. If you haven't caught that show, it's pretty cool. He put out the idea that really it's about vote, it's about jury, uh, intimidation in that by placing herself at Brooklyn Center, uh, Maxine Waters, the, the, the jurors are not, are not sequestered. It means they can sit around and watch TV. They can read the papers if anybody reads the papers anymore, but they can watch the news. They have the ability, which I think personally was one of the biggest mistakes this trial has already made. But they're seeing all this stuff. Uh, jury intimidation, meaning uh, they see Maxine Waters out there saying, well, if we don't get uh, a guilty verdict, there's going to be you know, some bad stuff that's going to happen. But i got to be honest with you. In my opinion, I think Maxine Waters wants the opposite. I, I think she wants the opposite of what she's saying. I think she wants an acquittal. I think she wants this to not go the way the mob wants it to go so that there can be craziness in the streets. And she can lead marches with her fist in the air and come off like a real civil rights badass in her mind, in her opinion. And, uh, you know, I I don't know, but we'll see. We will will find out, won't we? Oh, yes, uh, also in uh, big important news, the American Country Music Awards were last night. 210-599-5555. I didn't watch. I, I, I'm burnt out on award shows, especially these really bizarre, 
virtual type things. You know, I, I I don't I don't know I don't know what any of the new music is. I know Chris Stapleton. That's about it. I know you know, and I I just I get sick of watching multimillionaires kiss each other's butt cheeks for three hours. So I, I'm really laxing today, Chris. I'm really just laying down on the job, man. I'm a bad talk show host. Bad talk show host. I didn't watch the ACMs last night. Oh my God. What's wrong with me? 210-599-5555. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And we're talking about the Chauvin trial and what may or may not happen as a result of the verdict. Closing arguments begin at 10 a.m. our time, or I guess 9 a.m. or 10 a.m., 11 a.m. I'm not sure the time difference. So maybe we'll bring you some of that. Uh, Right now, let's go to Cloyd on line two. Cloyd, you're on News Talk 550 KTSA. What are you thinking? Yeah, Sean, I was just uh, listening to you, and you said that that was was a reasonable doubt all over the place on the show and trial. There's some reasonable doubt, yeah. I want to know where the reasonable doubt. I mean, anybody... With any ounce of humanity, man, would uh, could look and see what happened to uh, George Floyd, and and you know over a twenty dollar counterfeit bill, this man was treated like a dog, and this dude sat on his neck for ten minutes and killed him. But you sit on the radio and say there's reasonable doubt all over the place. I don't. I, I'm just following. I mean, just looking at the trial and what's being put, what, what, what's being put out there is, you know, I mean, he, the reasonable doubt in the sense that not saying that it's going to acquit him, but just saying there is reasonable doubt when you look at some of the stuff that he had in his system and how much, how, how many drugs he had in his system. Uh, he was resisting arrest at the beginning. Uh, you know, I mean, you have to take that stuff into consideration. If you were on trial or I were on trial, wouldn't we want reasonable doubt explored? If you or I were on trial, would you not want every angle of the case to be investigated and discussed during trial? Hey, yep. Sean, yes or no? I mean, but okay, you can investigate it. But regardless of what drugs he had in his system or whatever, the man was upright. The man was walking around. He was he he was he was uh, functional. He was functioning. He wasn't having any problems. I don't care what he had in the system. He didn't. It, the man didn't run into a problem until Derek Chauvin uh, uh, stood sit on his neck for ten. So minutes. why have a trial? That's what killed? That, so why have a trial? That, that's what killed. So why have a trial? It's, why bother? It, it's called due. It's called due process. It's but you ain't giving. Process. You're not giving him any due process. I, hey, I have given him due process. Well, let, let no, me you didn't. You, the didn't. you just said you didn't give him. Yes, no, you just said anybody can see he's process. guilty. Well, you can say he's guilty. You're not well, then you don't want due process. If you, Sean, if you want to go through the formality of a trial, okay, everybody deserves Formality? That, but <laughs> that's, all, that's all it should be, really. What do you mean? Do you know it should be means? a formality. Do you know what formality means? Do you know what formality I, I means? I wonder if you know what the legal system means. I mean, if you, again, if somebody accused you of something, would you want that formality in your life? That pesky presumption of innocence? The video, the video didn't give him due process. It's what are you talking done. about? It's on the video what Chauvin did. It's a, okay, but... Before Chauvin, you got a before and after. You got a So, again, again... And at the end of the after, uh, Floyd was dead. Again, then why bother with a trial? It's already been decided. Duh. Because... That is the legal system here. You go through the formality of a of, of the trial, the due process. <laughs> formality? And all at the end of the day, though, the, 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 that's right. At the end of the day, formality is nothing but due process. But Formality the day, is the a video, due process is a formality? Did you, wait, did you just say due pro, did you just say due process is a formality? It is the formality. Okay. You go through all of this, but at the end of the day, you got the video showing you what happened. That's my point. Well, then, the, then the jury will decide he's guilty. Well, where is the reasonable doubt? That's where you you, you, you have to look that, at and, things and, and, like what he had in his system, what what he, how he was acting before this took place. Duh. You have to look at that stuff. You can't just say, "Well, he's guilty," you know, and that's a, this, this due process thing. It's just well, a pesky formality. Based on what he had in his system, was he dying before? Could he not catch? He had enough in his system to kill him. Yes, he did. 
I didn't say it. The experts that testified said it. Those paid experts? Those paid experts? They lied. That's right. They're just lying. Right. Come on, man. You know. No, you come on, man. It's shows like you. It's people like you that cause a lot of these problems out here. How so? How so? Because. You, it's stuff black and white, man. A lot of this stuff is black and white. It's obvious what's going on. And then you sit here, you try to blow it off. And now Chauvin, you just oh, No, I said really? there was reasonable really? doubt. Really? I mean, yes. it's shows like yours, man. That you like listen to every single day. A lot of these problems. That you listen to every single day. I because you call on a regular basis. You, you, hey, I'm not saying you, you you have a bad show. I'm not saying it's not entertaining. <laughs> but some of this, you, you guys are dead wrong on some of this stuff that y'all put out. You and Trey Boat and Jack Bacardi in the evening. Jack Bacardi, you got to watch that guy. And y'all keep this mess going. Y'all keep this mess going out here. All right, I, I got to go. All right, thank you. Uh, Jack Bacardi uh, is on later on. He comes on at 4. Freaking idiot. It's actually Jack Riccardi. I feel like some Bacardi now, though. Two one zero five. Yeah, due process. That's just a formality. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Yeah. Every no, nobody gives a crap about things like due process. None of these people in the streets give a crap about that until it's their ass in court. Then they want all the due process they can possibly buy or get or get their lawyer to finagle for them or what have you. All those people in the streets think that uh, due process is, you know, just a formality. Presumption of innocence is a waste of time because obviously he's guilty until it's their ass in the docket. <laughs> then it's different. Then they want presumption of innocence all over the place. It's no longer a formality. Then it's no longer a formality. Wow. All right, I got to take a break. 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. And we're back. Listen, KTSA and Kitchen Design by Giovanni presents Serving Those Who Serve. You can win a complete shower makeover for nominating an active or retired service member in your life. Just go to KTSA.com to enter. Brought to you by our Quarter Moon Plumbing, Heat and AC, Institute for Functional Health, and Helen's Money Team Guild Mortgage. We'll talk to Giovanni next hour, actually, and, uh, and get his thoughts on uh, Serving Those Who Serve. Uh, the phone lines are open, 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. Now, we talked to Cloyd a little while ago. Cloyd loves this show. He listens every day. But he hates me, and he thinks I'm a racist. <laughs> and, uh, well, he doesn't hate me. But he, uh, uh, he called up, and I, I had mentioned that, you know, there was some reasonable doubt, you know, in the Chauvin case. Things like uh, the amount of drugs and George Floyd's system, uh, you know, his, his combativeness at the beginning of the uh, encounter. Uh, and the, these are all things that, that play into reasonable doubt. I'm not saying if that's going to win the day for Derek Chauvin. I'm just saying there there is reasonable doubt, and Cloyd took umbrage to that. He uh, thought that I'm the kind of guy that causes more problems, and I'm always talking about white and black. And a lot of the problems that happen... Uh, in the country as far as race relations are, are there because Trey and Jack Buckhardy and me. I guess, Chris, what would you say? Oh, it's kind of stirring the pot, right? Well, here's a, uh, we have a, a, a theology professor from Mercer University, a theology professor, which uh, I would assume means she teaches religious stuff. <laughs> I'm just thinking out loud here. Shaniqua Walker Barnes, and she publishes a book, uh, A Rhythm of Prayer, a collection of meditations for renewal. And she has a, a, a piece in there called Prayer of a Weary Black Woman. Dear God, this is how the piece begins, Dear God, please help me to hate white people. <laughs> I want to stop caring about them individually and collectively. I want to stop caring about their misguided racist souls to stop believing that they can be better, that they can stop being racist. 
she says those people are already in hell. There's no need to waste hatred on them. But uh, she still prays that you would help me to hate the other white people, the nice ones, the Fox News-loving Trump-supporting voters who, quote, don't see color, but who make thinly-veiled racist comments about those people. Dear God, please help me hate white people more. I mean, uh, uh, Cloyd, is that insightful in any way, shape, or form? Is that, you know... First off, it's kind of a crummy prayer. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, you think God's up there going, yeah, I'll get right on that. St. Peter, uh, take care of the professor there. Make sure she hates white people more. Okay, thank you. On the way, you know. Uh, look, everybody's playing the uh, the race card today these days you know i mean i'm racist whether i am or not i got white skin i'm a honky i am i'm a max salad eating honky i am and uh (laughs) because i'm white i am inherently racist we white people start off racist as babies before we can even talk we hate everybody but white people well other little white babies but of course, there's nothing racist about that at all, right? There's no other. There's, no, there's nothing racist about saying a person's skin color determines their level of racism, right? I mean, that's not in and of itself racist, is it? Well, of course it is. It's a way to conveniently make every single white person a racist, whether they've lived a decent life or they haven't. You know, you got uh, Hank Azaria wants to apologize to every single Indian on, on planet stinking Earth because he voiced a cartoon character for 30 years. If you're white in America right now, you're just supposed to hold your, hang your head and shit. Don't say anything. Don't be critical of Black Lives Matter or critical race theory or any of this stuff. If in your white, if in your white, you just hang your head in shame and guilt. Start rambling about your blind spots, (laughs) and beg for forgiveness from the from uh, uh, you know all people of color. You know, I'm so sorry, God. I'm sorry. I'm so stinging racist. I'm so sorry. Please help me to understand how I can stop being so racist. Oh, please help me to understand. uh, You know, help me to see my blind spots. And you know what? It's all a bunch of crap. There, how's that make you feel? It is. What makes a person a racist is not their skin color. What makes a person a racist are the choices they make in their life and how they live their life and how they treat other people. Period. That's pretty much it. If you're making it anything other than that, then you're, you know, you're, you're unfortunately the racist in the room. Oh, I got calls. Let's talk to Chris on line one. Chris, how you doing? What's up, Sean, brother from another mother? Hey, <laughs> Not I much, man. This. What do you think? I got this. I got it. Maxine Waters and everybody, I'm going to blow their mind because the cop is innocent, and George Floyd, no matter how much drugs he had in his body, he's innocent because he had COVID. COVID killed him. <laughs> is that what it was? COVID I appreciate the <laughs> Thank you, man. That evil, racist COVID. Isn't COVID racist, too? Uh, Sam on line two. How you doing, Sam? Good morning, Pastor Sean, Brother Sean. Uh, <laughs> two quick questions for you, brother. Hey, um, do us coconuts have to apologize to also? I'm, do I'm what? Just, uh, I'm, us coconuts? <laughs> do we have to apologize to? I, I'm just uh, I'm, just I'm, half half apologize. Area? That's all. I half apologize. Yeah, that's a half half well, apologize. I, I accept you. Okay, so I half apologize and I accept your full apology. But um, you know, you were talking just earlier, and you and Trey were talking earlier about. Um, some Maxine uh, Awa. Maxine, that, Maxine Waters, yeah. That, you know, she went and inciting a riot. Isn't that basically the same thing we talked about last week that Kamala was doing on national television? Yeah. Uh, you know, again, I appreciate the call, man. I got, it's hard to tell whether they, you know, want craziness in the streets or not. Uh, let's go to uh, John on line three. John, how you doing? Um, better than I deserve, sir. How are you? Another day in paradise, even though it's Monday. <laughs> well, that's that's true. So I was just—it occurred to me—if we just stop talking about race, let's look at person A in a police uniform, person B proned out on the street. Is that objectively reasonable 
manslaughter, murder or not, if people just stop talking about skin color because it objectively does not matter in any interaction you ever have with a person, I think we'd move past racism pretty quickly. But it seems like one side of the conversation is really hung up on skin color, and it's not usually the conservative side. Well, it, you know, it, it's 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 a, it's a way of really what's at play here. I think is demonizing an entire community of folks who largely are political opponents, people who like me voted for Donald Trump a couple of times, who are. I'm not big-time conservative. I'm a little right of center is how I like to describe myself. But we're all deplorables. We're domestic terrorists. We're inherently racist. And it's really the morons of the of the of this country are being used by political forces, really, and economic forces to achieve something that has nothing to do with lifting up people of color or helping black people out or helping Hispanics out or any of that crap. These are these are all chess pieces in their mind, uh, in their collective mind, as far as how they're going to rebuild this country. So, you know, when, when, and I appreciate the call, man. When you, when you, when you, you know, you, you hear about all these, you know, the Democrats and the progressives, you know, they really are on our side, man, and they support BLM, and Coke supports BLM, and blah, 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 blah. Now, now, the corporations are running scared because they're afraid of their own buildings being burned and their own companies being labeled as racist organizations, so they're just trying to outwoke everybody else. And uh, and the politicians want to make sure a guy like Donald Trump never makes it into office again. That's really what's at play. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Steve, hang on through the break. We'll come right back to you. Hi, this is Trey Ware, and you're listening to News Talk five fifty KTSA and FM one zero seven one. Stay connected. And we're back. News Talk five fifty KTSA. Uh, the Derek Chauvin trial, the uh, final arguments are, are being put out there right now. The prosecution is talking. Said so Derek Chauvin caused George Floyd's death. Uh, he'll talk, and then, of course, the defense will speak. Uh, so we'll, be, we'll be following this and see how it goes, because uh, it's a big one, man, as far as uh, how folks are going to react. Uh, 210-599-5555. Let's go to Steve. Steve, how you doing? Hey, Sean. Thank you for taking hey. my call. Sure. The, the the truth of the matter is none of us would be speaking or talking about racism if the evil, scheming, lying, cheating, thieving, racist, fascist Democrats were not so obsessed with constantly using it purely as a political weapon against our country and all of her people. The fact of the matter is... If George Floyd and these other two perps that got popped last week had merely subjected themselves to the formality of arrest, today they would probably be enjoying the formality of the court system and the formality of a trial, and nobody would be dead. The Democrats are building a, 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 a monster that they themselves are not going to be able to control. Last week... Two of the CNN camera crews were uh, were told to leave area. One of them was assaulted. The Democrats oh, yeah. and the the Democrats and the and the mainstream mockingbird media and the parroting propaganda press think that they're going to be able to ultimately control this monster. But in the end, when the violence comes to them, they themselves are going to be the ones that are going to open fire. On Black Lives Matter and all this 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 uh, violence in the streets, they're the ones that are going to end up pulling the trigger. It's not going to be the conservatives. It's going to be the Democrats right. who who when 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 push comes to shove and that violence comes to meet them, they're the ones that are going to turn on their own. Well, I said uh, you know I've been saying it all along that uh, it, you, you don't think that you're so progressive or so liberal that uh, uh, this uh, this craziness won't come your way. Uh, the CNN crew that was being attacked last, I think it was last weekend, is a prime example, man. Uh, they, they threw a bottle of water at a guy. They chased him off. Uh, you know, and uh, uh, that's uh, – when you're dealing with, you know, what is essentially just a mob, you know, <laughs> a mob of folks who really aren't concerned with truth or anything of that nature, uh, they're just concerned about having a good time, burning stuff, and beating the, beating the crap out of people. That's what you get. And, uh, Steve, I appreciate the call, man. That, that's, you know, 
you're, whether it's the cancel culture or it's BLM or what have you, uh, you know, look, look at what happened already in, in the Chauvin case. One of the defense witnesses, I think, uh, I think it was a doctor, uh, you know, they found out where the guy lived and they smeared pig blood all over his home and, and, and left a severed pig's head. They, you know, it's not just for Stephen King anymore, you know. I mean, there you go. I mean, that's uh, so. You know, it, the, the mob always chooses Barabbas, as my friend uh, Kinky Friedman always says. And uh, uh, the mob is not interested in the truth. The mob is interested in, in just doing whatever they want to do. And I, I think a, a lot of the mob in this case are, you know, really not as interested in a, a full-on guilty verdict as perhaps they would have you believe. I think a lot of them, I think Maxine Waters might be one of them, wants an, wants an acquittal. Because you get an acquittal or you get manslaughter, and then what? We can go nuts! <laughs> you know, I'm not trying to uh, downplay it. I'm just saying I, it's the psychology at play here. So we'll follow this case. So we got another hour uh, coming up. Maybe we'll dip in and take a listen here and there to uh, uh, what is being said. Again, the prosecution is uh, giving their closing arguments right now saying that uh, Derek Chauvin killed uh, George Flo- caused his death and Floyd was pleading with the officer. And so we'll uh, also hear what the defense has to say as well. Also, uh, Giovanni Morata will join us uh, next hour talking about uh, this uh, this free shower makeover for those who serve. And uh, we'll talk about his uh, his inspiration for this and how, how it's going this year. Right now, we'll take a break. It's Sean on News Talk 550 KTSA. It is now my great pleasure to welcome the Prime Minister of Japan and to thank him for this visit, which is the first visit to the United States of a world leader. Sean Rima, 9 till 11, News Talk 550, KTSA, and FM 1071. No world leader has ever visited America until now. No. Japanese Prime Minister was the first, right, Kamala? Where was Joe? He wouldn't come out of the residence. He was taking a little little nap there, I guess. It is the Sean Show, News Talk 550 KTSA, and uh, we're going to speak with Giovanni uh, Murata a little later on in the hour about uh, serving those who serve. Uh, also, the Chauvin uh, trial's final or closing arguments are underway. I don't know if we can listen to Steve Schlesher, uh, who's a prosecution attorney, just for a, a minute or so. This is where the 9 minutes and 29 seconds start, because they didn't just lay him prone. They did not do that. They stayed on top of him. With a knee on the neck and a knee on the back and the defendant's weight on Mr. Floyd, pushing down with Officer King, adding to the pressure, pushing down, holding his feet, Officer Lane holding his feet for nine minutes and 29 seconds. That's when the excessive force began. That's when the countdown began. Now, you need to sort of pull back and take a look. You, you've learned a lot about policies and Again, procedures. Again, I see it, uh, the prosecutor uh, in the case, one of the def- or prosecution attorneys, uh, Steve Schlesher, uh, I think is how you pronounce it, uh, who's talking about the nine minutes uh, that Chauvin's knee was on George Floyd's neck. Uh, we'll also be hearing, obviously, from the defense, and uh, who knows what happens after that. Uh, it's always kind of hard to predict how these things go, right? You know, uh, as far as the deliberations with the jury. Uh, we talked earlier about Maxine Waters flying her big butt out to, uh, Brooklyn Center instead of Minneapolis. Uh, and, uh, telling everybody, you know, uh, we, we want a guilty vote. We better get a guilty vote or we're going to be more confrontational. We're not going to leave the streets. So who knows how this thing is going to go, but uh, uh, we'll keep monitoring uh, the, the closing arguments. And if we hear anything really, really interesting, uh, uh, we'll, we'll uh, either bring it to you or, or describe it to you. 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. On a lighter note, I, I did not watch the Country Music Awards last night. I, I know that's shocking. I just don't know who, Chris, I don't know who any of, the, of these people are anymore. I just don't know who they are. 
I know Chris Stapleton, but the only reason I know Chris Stapleton is because Don Morgan gave me a couple of his CDs. But I, I, I'm just I'm burnt out on on uh, on uh, on award shows in general. I know the Osc- the Oscars, the Oscars are, are coming up, and I don't care. Here, 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 and I know I'm going to get all racist on you right now. Here, here's what I predict will happen with the Oscars: all the woke movies will win. <laughs> if you made a woke movie, you will win. If you made a non-woke movie, you don't have a chance. Uh, unfortunately, race is, 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 is permeating every aspect of our lives right now. Uh, in that, uh, you know, movies now have quotas and, and uh, movie studios and television studios are, are looking at their crew and looking at the folks who uh, are producing a movie and they want, uh, you know, ethnic ratios. Uh, we're seeing that with major corporations as well. As I've been talking to you for a couple of weeks, Coca-Cola has announced that uh, when it comes to the law firms they hire to do legal stuff for them, they want certain a certain percentage of black lawyers, certain percentage of Hispanic lawyers, certain percentage of, of female lawyers, certain percentage of people with gender issue lawyers, or they won't work with them. Uh, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's the future. That's, uh, race and skin color. You know, however many decades after Martin Luther King lost his life, gave his life for the civil rights movement, which was all about a sense of equality under the law that was not determined by skin color. And here we are. Skin color determines everything. Everything. And, uh, and I think it's a shame. Also, uh, you heard Dennis Foley there reporting that I, I can't remember which uh, newspaper was, the Houston Chronicle, maybe, I don't know, but uh, they did a poll on Matthew McConaughey, who said he is, he's considering running for governor. And I guess a, a, a fairly solid majority uh, is in favor of that. I, you know, with a guy like Matthew McConaughey, uh, I, I think he is serious, I think he's genuine. I think he really, really means it. Uh, I think it's something he's actually really, con- you know, considering. Uh, this benefit concert thing that he did a few weeks ago for folks who lost uh, their homes or what have you uh, in, in the snowstorm. It was raising money uh, for those people. And he sat behind a desk. You know, he had a big old microphone going like he's... He's really trying to look like a politician. I I, I don't know, man. I, I know I think he's genuine. I think he's serious. And I think uh, one thing that took place or changed here in America as a result of the phenomenon of Donald Trump is that it's become a reality. Whereas we used to like hear things like, "Oh, Matthew McConaughey's running." Oh, oh, yeah, sure. But see, now since Trump, it is a a, a real idea in people's heads that somebody who was who was a non politician can win a major election and do quite well uh, in the job. I don't think McConaughey's that guy, honestly. You know, I don't think he's a bad person, but uh, the difference the difference between him and, and a guy like Donald Trump is that Donald Trump has run massive corporations. Uh, he, he's been a, a boss uh, of, of large amounts of people. He's governed, if, if you will. And that's what made him so effective is that he brought his – his work ethic from the private sector to public life. Uh, and oddly, when you uh, bring uh, a, a public sector ethic, work ethic to public life, uh, you know, you, you can be very effective. And certainly he was, despite what the progressive pukes of today would have you believe. McConaughey... Okay, he thought Sahara was a good idea. Okay, I'm just saying he thought that movie Sahara was a great idea. I don't have anything against Matthew McConaughey, but I, 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 this to me just kind of feels like an ego stroke. You know what I mean? Like a guy's not satisfied being a multi-millionaire uh, actor beloved by people on screen. You know, oh, he's got to be, he's got to be governor. Now I could be totally talking out of my out of my butt. He could he, he could actually win. Maybe he would end up being a uh, a great governor. I don't know. 
But again, he did think Sahara was a good idea. So I, I, I don't know. You know, I, I don't, I don't, I have, I'm having a hard time taking him seriously. And then out in California, where it looks like uh, Gavin Newsom is going to be booted out of office, they're going to have to have a special election, uh, a recall election, if you will. Um, and uh, Caitlyn Jenner, who is Bruce Jenner, is uh, in address, is uh, is considering running for governor uh, out in California. Should that happen? Uh, they, should they recall Gavin Newsom? And I was thinking about that this morning when I was kind of going over my stuff for uh, uh, for the show. Yeah, right. Well, you, you know, if you did just hop out of a time machine uh, after like 20 years, you'd think the whole world had gone nuts. Everybody's walking around with these stupid masks on. Bruce Jenner is now a chick. You know, I mean, you couldn't see that coming, could you? Bruce Jenner is now a woman or lives as a woman. Bruce Jenner now lives as a woman and wants to be governor of California. These are strange, strange damn times in which we live. Well, again, you have, you have hippies telling you to listen to the government. You have hippies telling you to listen to the government. <laughs> wow, when they become the man, they don't want no criticism, do they? Wow. If you want to comment on any of these things, 210-599-5555, Hey, this is David Van Camp, and you're listening to News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Stay connected. And we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA, FM 1071. I'm Sean. Hi. Again, kind of monitoring the uh, Derek Chauvin uh, closing arguments and how this is going to play out. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Here's Richard. Richard, how you doing? Oh, pretty good for a Monday, there, Sean. I hate hey, Mondays. I, uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I don't uh, even know why. You know what? You you are dead on on this. Libos turning on the other moron libos, and I present my case. The first political riot I remember in my lifetime, nineteen six summer sixty eight, Chicago, Illinois. They rioted at the Democratic National Convention, <laughs> not the Republican National Convention. <laughs> well, this didn't it, just start. <laughs> well, like when they ran off the the, the CNN guys uh, in Brooklyn Center the other night. I mean, uh, or the other day. That uh, that tells you all you need to know. You don't ever think you're liberal enough or progressive enough that you won't uh, uh, get a target on your back from BLM or Antifa or the cancel culture or whomever. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it, obviously, yeah, they, they ran off. Uh, I remember watching the video, the CNN guy's like, but we're covering you. <laughs> it's like, they didn't care. Get the hell out of here. So Absolutely. I, I, You're right on, man. Right on. <laughs> thank you, up, brother. Thank you. I, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Let's go to Adam now. Adam, how you doing? I'm doing great. You know, uh, Sean, you know, Maxine Waters is just your basic – uh, leftist, uh, you know, democratic weirdo, you know, a hypocrite, uh, really a bigot. But something you hinted on, Sean, was yes, they hate white people, even though most of the idiots uh, on the left are white. But they really hate is, uh, even if a black person is conservative, he's not considered black. They hate people who don't agree with them, and that's oh, yeah. where their hate comes from. And and you know, the way Trump stood up for himself and stood up for America, they just hate when people disagree with them and they can't stand it. It's like they're like Nazis in the sense that they they're they're either you better be real quiet or you're gonna go down. You know, and it's just terrible. They need to stop it. Thanks, sir. I agree, man. Thanks for the call. They're like one big psycho ex girlfriend, aren't they? Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Yeah, this is completely unrelated, but we're also learning now that the FedEx shooter Brandon Hole uh was uh was uh, had a hobby that is just something i do, i do not understand do you know what a bromie is you ever heard of a bromie bromies are grown ass adult men who are obsessed with my little pony toys uh, when i when i first heard about this phenomenon several years ago i thought it was a joke i'm like no give, give me a break man grown men playing with with little plastic, girly-looking ponies? I don't believe it. It's true. It's true. And apparently before this scumbag went into the FedEx Center and started killing people, he posted on Facebook that he was looking forward to spending the afterlife with Applejack, his favorite My Little Pony. <laughs> 
See, the, 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 uh, the primary factor that we have to begin to look at when it comes to spree killers is they're all freaking nuts, man. I mean, they're just freaking nuts. I mean, uh, and I'm, I'm going to take this one step further. If we have any bromies listening or brony or bromie, is it bromie or brony? I don't know. I don't care. If we have any bromies listening, what the hell's wrong with you, man? <laughs> You're, you're into my little, you know, could you, I can't think of anything further. I mean, I'm not the most macho guy in the face of the earth. I'm artsy fartsy, right? I can't drive stick. I like tea, you know, herbal tea and stuff. I like long, boring European movies. But, you know, my God, I'm not playing with my little ponies toys. You know what I mean? That, that's just, a, I don't understand that at all. I really don't. I, I've heard about it, and like I said, for years now. You know, they all get together. The dudes get together. They, they're grown-ass men playing with their My Little Ponies. And it's just one of those little things on planet Earth that I just do not understand at all. Let's go to... Oh, uh, Michael's uh, uh, is doing early voting starts today. Let's go to Michael. Michael, how you doing? Hey, Sean, how you doing, sir? I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. What are you thinking, man? Hey, I was just calling just to let everyone know. I mean, you know, I, I know last year was kind of a big thing on uh, some of the stuff about signatures with pencils. And uh, when I went to, to my early voting, um, that's what they had there to sign with was the pencil. And I was like, why am I signing with the pencil? And they told me, well, unless you brought your own pen, you know, you can sign with your own pen, but we got pencils. I'm like, what is it? Why can't you provide pens? But anyways, I just thought I'd let everybody know, you know, if if, uh, you're going to go vote, take a pen. (laughs) That way you can have your signature, you know, with the pen set of pencils. That's good. Because I remember that came up the last election cycle we had, the presidential cycle, and uh, I was told, we were told that one of the reasons they were using pencils was people didn't want to touch the buttons. Uh, on the voting machine because of the COVID. Right. Uh, but with this, you're actually signing it in pencil, huh? Yeah, yeah. And, and that was the thing I asked, why why are we using pencils? They said, well, because of COVID. I'm like, well, I just washed my hands and you made me put on a glove, you know? <laughs> right. That is weird. All right, man. Well, I pre- thanks for voting, though, more than anything else. Thanks for getting out there and, and yeah, voting. I, I just want to let everyone know. Appreciate it. And, hey, thanks for everything, Sean. Thank you. you for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it, man. It makes my day. Thank you, sir. Uh, let's go to Charles on line two. Charles, how you doing? How you doing today, Uncle Uncle Sean? I saw a picture <laughs> of you with a cigarette in your hand. I just want to say this. I, I want my Uncle Sean around for a long, long time. Let's see how we can get you off of those. I, well, I got to quit smoking, and I got to uh, I got to get healthy. I got to start exercising. I got to start doing all that happy crap because I'm just – I'm, I'm I'm getting a little too old for for all this stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, enjoy life though. Uh, I want to comment on what's going on with Chauvin. You know, sure. it came down here to San Antonio. We had some people that were that protested, and you know, one of the things that I didn't understand is how these you know people were able to protest here in San Antonio, break up a couple of businesses and everything. But this is what I want to comment. Look, whatever happens in Minneapolis happens up there. The only connection we have to Minneapolis is a police chief that, for whatever reason, came down here 15 years ago. But I'm just going to say this. I mean, if they want to do something about racism or something that has to do with race, think about this poor lady last Saturday who got killed with her 13-year-old daughter got shot in the neck because some, like the 7-year-old in the backseat who described the man that shot them, a dark man, killed mommy. So, in other words, you know, if they want to do a race war against the Mexicans, let's do it. Um, you know, we're ready for it. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm not ready for a race it. war, <laughs> but I, I, I think there are a lot of people that want that. I'm tired of that. I'm tired. Right. I'm tired of them coming from other cities and breaking up our city. You know, you came right. down here for a reason, Sean. You came down here for the culture, and you embraced it. That's all we ask everybody to do. I love San Antonio, okay. man. I got to run, man. I'm up against the time, but thank you so much, Charles. Always a pleasure. I love San Antonio, man. I fell in love with this town the minute I set foot in this town almost 10 years ago. 210-599-5555. Giovanni Morato uh, will, will join us uh, in a few minutes and talk about serving those who serve on News Talk 550 KTSA. 
And we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA, FM 1071. I'm Sean. How are you? If you've been listening to KTSA for a few weeks, you know that uh, Jack, Trey, and myself have been talking about serving those who serve. And uh, joining us right now is the man behind uh, this amazing event, Giovanni Murata from Kitchen Designed by Giovanni. How are you, sir? Pretty good. And you, Sean? Not too bad, man. Not too bad. First time I've talked to you in the morning. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> how, t- t- take me behind the scenes here. How did this uh, come about, and what was the inspiration for you to, to put this together? Uh, we've always done stuff with veterans, and um, we got together with uh, some of the people over there at uh, KTSA, and we had this thing of what we can do to help uh, veterans. And we've done things for disabled veterans. We've supported the Luke Holler 5K. Uh, we've redone showers for people. And we were thinking of what we can do for someone to nominate a veteran who has sacrificed and given basically their career and their life to serving our country and to helping others. And we wanted to hear the stories of that. And I will tell you, before I got on the air with you uh, this morning, I was I go through all the emails that we get, and wow, it's amazing to hear these people nominated and hear the stories from their daughter or their son or their wife or their husband uh, talking about their loved ones. I, I, I want to meet these people because the stories, when you hear them and you read them, are just amazing of not only their sacrifice that they did when they served in the military, but what they continue to do afterwards. It's not like these people stop. They just keep on giving, and it's amazing. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I know a lot of vets who, you know, that that's kind of that becomes a theme of the theme of their life, even after they they retire or what have you, is that they continue to serve in in other ways. And you were in the military as well yourself. Yes, I was in the Marine Corps. That was a long time ago, long time ago. But yeah, I was, and it was great. You know, I I I I have nothing but respect for folks who who join the military and our military vets because uh, that's something that I my my both my my brother and my dad were Navy guys and and uh, there are times where I wish that something I, I maybe I had made a different choice you know when I, when I was younger so I have I hold these folks in the highest regard so how does this work so folks send you the story of their loved one and then uh, then take me through the rest of it. Yeah, they go on KTSA. You can go on KTSA.com, and you can register. And I think it's a 160-word uh, little brief essay that you just tell right. us the story of your loved one, of uh, what they've done. Uh, we're giving away a free uh, shower for, for someone, and we just want to hear the story of uh, what they did uh, in serving their country and their sacrifice and uh, what we can – we're just trying to do something that honors uh, military. And so we want to hear the great stories, and I've gotten a lot of them. I mean, they're pretty amazing in uh, reading through them. And so we want to get some more and see what uh, the people of San Antonio have done. It's a military city, and there's a lot of people that sacrifice, and these type of people don't usually brag on themselves. So hmm. if your mother, if your father, if your brother or sister, anyone you know, a friend uh, that you want to brag on and tell about, go to KTSA.com, and, and let's hear about it. We want to see them. Now that's something I've, that I have noticed about the our, our vets, and that they they're not braggy people. They're not people that uh, you know like to uh, uh, puff themselves up, if you will. Even though many of them have done all kinds of heroic things that you know they should be talking about, but they don't. They tend to be very humble people, isn't that right? Yeah, that's true. And I mean, I was reading one this morning uh, about uh, how uh, I believe he was in the army, and he he was I think in thirty years. I was reading one this morning and the different battles that he led his troops into. And they were talking about how, uh, you know, on, on, and when he led his battles into one of the most dangerous cities, uh, and I believe it was Iraq, that he brought everyone home and, and what he did to sacrifice to, uh, for his soldiers and stuff. It's just, like, he's not telling that story. That's his family members telling it because guys like that aren't going to talk about it. But we want to hear those stories, and we want to be sure that we can honor these people. And like I said, it'd be great to meet these people. I mean, when you hear these stories, you definitely want to see, like, the – the face behind the name um, uh, because they've done so much. Certainly. Now a complete shower makeover. Take me through that. What does that, uh, what does that entail then for, for the folks for, for who gets selected? That's a good question. We're going to make an amazing shower for them. So depending on their situation or depending on what their needs are, uh, we'll make the shower that works for them right. uh, based on their needs. But um, if you know me and you've been around kind of what I do, 
I make amazing kitchen and bathrooms, but what I like right. to do is crazy like car wash, car wash showers, put types of body sprays in there, a digital interface on it. So you don't even have a knob to push to turn. You could push a button. It memorizes the temperature that you like to take a shower at. You have body sprays, shower heads, rain heads, handheld. It's like a, it's like a human car wash. You can go in there and you get all cleaned up, you know? So it'll be, it, it'll be amazing. So that's what we're looking at doing, but it, it, it depends on what people need, but, right. um, but we know how to make them amazing and we'll, we'll make it nice. Someday I'm going to get you in here to do mine because mine sucks. I need a new shower. <laughs> the shower I have. It's got one of those twisty knobs on it and you almost got to know like a, like a, like the cob secret combination to like get it to turn hot and stuff like that. So someday I'm going to have you uh, uh, come on out to my place and, and handle that for me. Anything else that you yeah, want to tell folks? Make you a, a car wash in there. I need a human car wash. Have you seen me lately? <laughs> we need to expand it a little. <laughs> so what? Uh, so t- so th- all the folks go on the KTSA.com and they can put their essay up there about their loved one, their service member loved one, and uh, and then uh, one of these folks is going to get a new shower makeover. Yep, we'll get we'll get all the requests. I get them uh, every day, and I, we read through them, and then um, we have a few people that are going to go through all of them, so we can figure out who we're going to give the the new shower to, and we'll contact them, and it'll be awesome. I think uh, it's ending here in about a week and a half, so right. we need to hurry up and get everyone in there. Very cool, man. It's always a pleasure talking to you, Giovanni. We appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for all of for your service and for what you're doing for our. Our vets here and uh, our service member, retired service member here in town. Thanks, Sean. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. No problem, man. Giovanni Marotti, uh, Giovanni Marotta from Kitchen Design by Giovanni. I, Chris, I got to get him into my, my someday. I got to get him into my place. My, 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 I have the worst shower. You need a Sean wash. I need a Sean wash, like with those big spinning brushes that you see in the car wash. Except like yours will have and, big loofahs. <clears throat> What's that? Yours will have big loofahs. <laughs> Big loofahs. Also want to thank uh, Quarter Moon Plumbing, Heat and AC Institute for Functional Health, and Helen's Money Team Guild Mortgage for helping uh, Giovanni out uh, uh, with uh, serving those who serve. Let's go ahead and take a break. Uh, Final few moments of the show coming up, so whatever's on your brain. We're also monitoring the final, uh, the closing arguments in the Derek Chauvin trial. Uh, The prosecution is still uh, making their final uh, arguments using a lot of audio-visual and uh, sections of videotape from the now-infamous video. Uh, so uh, we'll keep your keep a, uh, an ear out on that. And if anything happens uh, or something interesting is happening, we'll, we'll let you know. 210-599-5555. It's Sean on News Talk 550 KTSA. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station, News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And we're back. Talk 550 KTSA, FM 1071. The phone lines are open. Final few moments of the show. So whatever's on your brain, whatever you want to talk about, uh, it's all cool, man. It's good. We're uh, watching, kind of keeping an eyeball on the uh, television uh, for the final stages of the Derek Chauvin trial. Prosecution is still making their closing arguments and uh, saying things such as uh, this was an act of homicide. Chauvin failed to perform CPR. Uh, his actions were led to the death of George Floyd. Uh, and uh, he's using using some audiovisual stuff to kind of define manslaughter as opposed to homicide or murder one uh, for the benefit of the jury. And uh, we'll see how this goes, man. Uh, I, I do find it odd that the, the jury was never sequestered. I thought thought that was strange and, and we were talking earlier about Maxine Waters flying out there to inject herself into this thing uh, saying that uh, we want a guilty verdict and if we don't get it okay you can't leave the streets you got to be more confrontational this is kind of old hat for her in that she uh, uh, she had done this back in 2018 uh, when she was telling folks to go after Trump administration officials and uh, congressmen and senators who who supported Trump and get in their face. Remember that? Get in their face in the restaurants. You see them in a gas station, and that's precisely what happened. What's 
what's uh, interesting about Maxine Waters being out there and, and saying the same stuff is that she she basically is, in my opinion, inciting violence, uh, which is what she wanted to impeach or did impeach Donald Trump for, uh, or you know, it, which. Uh, it was patently untrue. I mean, he said peacefully march. I mean, they, they like to leave that out of the narrative, but it was there. She is a U.S. congressman, first off, who is demanding a certain outcome in a trial that is un- that is ongoing, which I find a little hinky-winky. Uh, and as I said, she's also, uh, she's also uh, uh, saying, hey, if we don't get the trial we want, we don't get the outcome we want, we're going to cause some trouble. Let's go to Johnny on line one. Johnny, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing great for Monday. How are you doing? Not too bad for Monday. Not too bad, actually. <laughs> Good. Yeah, you know, it, it's just it's a shame that they can't uh, get her twice for that, uh, you know, inciting violence and everything. It's just, you know, she did it back when she said go to when everybody was going to a gasoline station. I think right. they call them. These days, you know, she's kind of dating herself. But anyway, uh, you know, you know, the other the other thing, too, is, you know, about when everybody's throwing stuff at the cops and, you know, running off and, hit, you know, there's a very old there's an old song that uh, has a truthism to it. I fought the law and the law won. Right. Well, you know, look, one thing I will say in pretty much all of these cases, and this is not me being a racist or a weirdo. One thing right. you tend to have in common is a resisting of arrest or not doing exactly. what the cop tells you to do. Uh, time and time and time again. Uh, and I go all the, the way back. <laughs> you know? I, I go all the way back to Michael Brown and Darren Wilson. And, uh, right. you know, Perfect. if I, it, it, which our own government discovered through their investigation, there was no targeting, there was no profiling, there was nothing, nothing racial that happened. And if my lily white ass had made all the same choices that uh, that Michael Brown did on that day, I'd be dead too. Right. Hey, quick question. You know that you guys were talking about the guy that wrote in about the open. You know. Or, oh yeah, or Billy Gibbons. Right. Yeah. It, it's just very hard to hear that. I, I I'm surprised that guy. I'm glad that guy did because you cannot hear it. The modulation is too. It's too fuzzy, and the guy's talking like this. You, you got to change it. Maybe we will. Maybe we'll hype so, it up, hop it up a little bit. But, uh, yeah, that's yeah, the, uh, getting up, a phone it's, call it's, while he's doing a record. In it. Right. Well, I'll see. I'll, I'll have our all of our sound engineers look at that and see what we can figure out. <laughs> it's a cool tune, though, isn't it? No, already hang on. Uh, I like that tune as, as a way of starting the Wear and Rima show. Uh, the song that I play is Hip Hug Her by Booker T and the MGs. Which has always been, actually has always been, since we're riffing about show opens, uh, has always been uh, one of my favorite tunes. It was used as the theme to <laughs> a movie called Barfly. Uh, raise your hands. Who knows the movie Barfly with Mickey Rourke and Faye Dunaway? Uh, Mickey Rourke in that movie famously played uh, one of my favorite writers, uh, poets, uh, Charles Bukowski, who is uh, a pretty bad alcoholic and known bar fly and weirdo and uh so that song that movie came out in the 80s back when mickey rourke still looked human and uh i've just always i just thought it was just a funky little piece of music so i've used it a couple of times for a couple of different shows over the years so that's what mine is uh the the other song that trey and i use is billy gibbons i don't know exactly what the song is but uh what johnny was referring to is that when you first start playing it uh, you hear Billy say, uh, he's like on a cell phone or something and says, I gotta go. I gotta help these boys out. Then the song kicks in. It's a really cool song. Two one zero. We got a couple of minutes here. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Looks like the prosecution is wrapping up here. Floyd didn't need to be on the ground. Uh, this is Steven Sletcher, uh, prosecution attorney who's been speaking for quite a while now said, we have met the burden of proof. Uh, obviously, I can't uh, listen to it full on, so I don't know exactly what he's saying. So I'm just kind of reading what they're uh, quoting at the bottom. I, you know, these are just very strange times in America, are they not? Uh, just all the way around. Uh, very strange times. And as I said a little while ago, you know, I, I think we're in a dicey moment in our history as far as, 
either continuing or becoming something other as a nation. Uh, race uh, has been used uh, as a political weapon uh, for a number of years now. I'm sorry, somebody may hate my guts for saying this, but going all the way back to Barack Obama, who routinely gave opinions uh, on uh, on uh, uh, trials and investigations that were ongoing. Uh, and I believe uh, uh, Barack Obama, who had the greatest opportunity in history, in the history of this country, to really heal this nation, to really take us into a truly post-racial era, and he did the exact opposite. He made an issue out of his own skin color. He made an issue out of his name. Uh, it was rich against poor, black against white, and uh, and and uh, we're still sort of uh, reaping the whirlwind of that uh, all these years later. Uh, it, it's interesting how they tried for four years to make Donald Trump into a racist, and yet I'm sorry, the left in this country is some of the most racist people you'll meet. And that's it for me. Thank you, Chris. Uh, thanks to Elaine Rodriguez, our executive producer, Giovanni Murata. Uh, Don Morgan and Dennis Foley. I'm a good brother, Trey Ware. Spread the love. Don't be a jerk. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye.